All right, everybody. Well, welcome to another episode of Cannabis Unlocked. Um, we've had Mara, one of our advisory board members, on here several times now. So excited to have Mara again as, as our in-house regulatory expert here. Um, obviously, some really exciting news that just transpired in the industry. Um, folks like us, we've been expecting it all year. Personally, I was surprised that it happened um, this quickly. I thought it would probably happen by the end of the year. But the news being that the Department of Health and Human Services has officially recommended uh, to reschedule cannabis down to a Schedule 3. So marking a, a major move, something that the industry has really been holding on for. Um, and, you know, without further ado, I'd like to have Mara kind of come in and explain to us what exactly does that mean? So I guess, Mara, to kick it off, you know, how exciting is, is really the rescheduling or at least the recommendation to reschedule cannabis? It's really exciting. Um, this is really a huge, I would say, um, effort on the Biden administration for cannabis reform, which we have not seen in a very long time. Um, cannabis marijuana has been a Schedule One drug for a very long time. And um, I think a lot of people um, are really glad to finally see that uh, there's been some movement uh, with regard to reform and that looking at it as a Schedule Three. Um, actually has quite a big impact on the industry. So, um, you know, out of the gate, 280E, it goes away. And so 280E, um, you know, clearly is something that uh, has been, a, and I've mentioned this many times um, and described it as a noose around the industry's neck. Um, immediately, industry will be able to take tax breaks like every other legal business is able to um, and hasn't been able to with a Schedule One or a Schedule Two. Um, also, uh, do want to make sure that we understand that this is not a done deal by any measure at this point. It's just the recommendation that HHS has made to DOJ. And so um, what will happen now is that the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration um, under the Department of Justice um, will be doing independent evaluation. And there is no timetable for that, very much like there was no timetable for HHS to make their recommendation, except that the president asked for it to be done expeditiously. So at this point, uh, you know, DEA has got the authority um, and final authority actually to make any changes to marijuana scheduling. It'll go through a rulemaking process um, that would include a period for pu the public to provide some comments. Uh, before any scheduling action is actually finalized. Awesome. Yeah, that that pretty much all checks out with everything that I've been reading on the copious amount of articles and opinions that have come out in just the last week since this recommendation has been made. Um, what really kind of led to the H HHS's decision to reschedule down to a three? Why not full deschedule? Is full deschedule ever even possible at this point? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think uh, that we're going to see full descheduling, um, at least any time, you know, in the immediate. Um, but this is a very big move, I think, you know, by HHS to look at data, look at the science and, you know, draw those conclusions and come up with it being a schedule three. I mean, a schedule three is um, on the same lines of uh, testosterone, um, Tylenol with codeine. So 
Um, and, you know, again, to remind folks, it's still illegal. It's not, this does not legalize by any stretch of the measure, but it definitely, uh, you know, criminal penalties um, for a three versus a schedule one um, are definitely less. Interesting. So with regards to some of the implications of Schedule 3, you mentioned 280E for any new listeners or, or folks that are, are kind of scratching their heads saying, what's 280E? Um, basically, today, cannabis-related businesses are not able to deduct any of their expenses beyond cost of goods sold, essentially getting taxed on their gross profit. Um, if you're familiar with um, an income statement, you can certainly see how that could lead to much higher tax rates. Um, any other positive or even potential negative implications that we should be thinking of with with rescheduling down to three? Um, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a couple of things. I mean, I'm happy to point out. So what could change is that the FDA could provide certain guidance or guidelines um, or uh, subject cannabis to um, some existing regulatory authority. Things have been really uncertain um, on the FDA front. And so there's always a lot of questions that uh, cannabis companies have with regard to what's legal and what's not legal. So being able to maybe provide um, some additional guidance. Um, and, you know, um, with regard to, to uh, maybe some legislative momentum, um, we could maybe see in Congress, which would be great uh, to see safe banking potentially uh, move or the MORE Act or even the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act, which was an all-encompassing uh, piece of legislation that Leader Schumer put out with Senators Booker and Wyden. Mm -hmm. um, it provided, you know, more of a framework for federal legalization. But at this point, it looks like, you know, safe banking could really be on the docket uh, on the on the congressional side. Uh, Leader Schumer has talked about it being a priority issue uh, that he would like to see come to the floor. We're seeing it move regular ordered now in the Senate. Um, it did have a hearing. So there's certainly, you know, some, some potential there. Um, some other things that could change, you know, potentially are interstate commerce. Um, it could make state laws that require all cannabis sold in states to um, be produced, that are produced also in the states more susceptible to potentially some legal challenges without you know further guidance and uh, that certainly would be needed and then you know with regard to capital markets too um rescheduling could reinvigorate things you know as investors see less risk uh due to federal illegality um when cannabis was a schedule one to a schedule three um and it also could potentially cause maybe the nasdaq or the New York Stock Exchange to reevaluate wow. their position. Yep, yep. That's uh, it's really funny you say that because I, I don't know if you saw, but this morning, um, Sherrod Brown of, of the Senate Banking Committee said that they aim to bring um, cannabis banking back into uh, the legislative session within the next six weeks or so. Yes. So I, I think that there's certainly going to be ripple effects of the HHS's recommendation. Um, our hope is that these are tailwinds in our sales. I, I don't see how they could be um, headwinds at this point. Um, but nonetheless, I, I th totally agree. If we get this recommendation and safe banking this year, I mean, massive, massive win for the industry and something that we've really been needing for a long time, especially right now, which kind of feels like a little bit of the, the darkest hour of the cannabis industry. Um, so you talked a little bit about the DEA um, and their timeline and that being uncertain, but 
you know, I, I think we all know that there might be some political motivation behind this. We don't have a crystal ball here. How quickly mm -hmm. could something like the HHS's recommendation lead to a DEA um, decision as an independent body? Yeah, I mean, it, it could happen really as quickly as a few weeks, but it also wow. could take several months. You know, it is certainly up to DEA, um, you know, who has already started, you know, their process um, based on, and that was activated based on the letter on August 29th that was sent to, from HHS to DOJ. Um, so they have gotten started. So, you know, as I mentioned, there is sort of a rescheduling process that could take place. It could get drawn out or it could happen, you know, quickly as well. Um, clearly, some other implications are the fact that it is a presidential election year next year. So um, hopefully this will get decided before that. Absolutely. Um, you know, we talked about potential expectations for further legislation this year. I, I think that other than the winds in our sails, we see how this could potentially affect that. Um, look, outside of these other processes, is there anything that can happen through executive action now that we have? this recommendation? I mean, there certainly are a few things that, you know, could potentially happen, but I think, you know, the Biden administration's eyes are really on the fact that uh, they wanted to take a closer look at uh, marijuana as a schedule one drug. Um, they also want, there was some, you know, uh, expungement uh, that was taking place too, that the president did, as well as calling on governors in other states to um, do expungements um, with criminal records that tied into, you know, cannabis and marijuana. That said, you know, there's governors that have been doing that already. Governor Polis, I think, was the first one from Colorado that was doing um, expungements, um, especially when it became legal in the state of Colorado. I know Governor Pritzker's been doing it too as well, and there's been several other governors that have done it, but uh, we'd love to see more that are doing that, especially yep. as you know, we've got cannabis that is legal in virtually every state. And so in some capacity, whether it's medicinal or certain THC levels or uh, from a recreational perspective. So being able to, uh, you know, expunge people from something that is legal in their state just seems to make sense. And so, you know, I've, I've seen quite a bit of chatter um, a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde, if you will, on some of these forums that are discussing the recommendation um, and some, I'd say, a little bit of fear mongering out there that this could actually be a step backwards for adult use recreational cannabis. Um, my personal view is that if it was not an issue when it was Schedule 1, it likely won't be an issue for any of the governing bodies as a Schedule 3. Um, could you maybe talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's that's not going to be, you know, to me, any any additional issue. It shouldn't be, um, you know, for that matter. But, you know, as as mentioned, um, cannabis is still not federally legal under a Schedule Three um, and it won't be legal in states that don't authorize medical or adult use licensed cannabis businesses, um, you know, and. It also um, will not allow any immediate access for U.S. exchanges as well. So, you know, there certainly are not that much of a change in certain aspects with the Schedule One and Schedule Three from those kinds of perspectives. But, 
um, that it is a game changer if it yep. does become ultimately, you know, a schedule three. Absolutely. Well, this is uh, obviously a very fluid um, situation here. I, I think that we're hearing different opinions from all, you know, kind of all around up until it's actually done and enacted. I'm not sure that we'll know exactly what the implications are, but I think that we've probably nailed down um, the most obvious um, positives or potential negatives here. So mm -hmm. really appreciate you coming in and, and chatting with us here, Mara. Um, we'll keep, you know, our finger to the pulse here. We'll stay close to you as we always do. And for everybody kind of listening in here, um, to the extent that we receive new and updated information that um, varies widely from what we just discussed right here, we'll be sure to keep everybody updated. But nonetheless, big win for the industry. Um, excited to see how things ultimately shake out. I'm still very, very eager to see safe banking happen personally. I think that that would be a, a major tailwind for um, us, especially, you know, in the cap market space. So um, anyways, Mara, thank you again for your time here today. Really appreciate you uh, making it on the show again. Always a pleasure. Thanks for asking me. Cheers.